Hi, I'm Arun George and you're listening to 3 Things, the Indian Express news show. In today's episode, we're looking at one man's long-running quest that cost him his job but has received praise from the High Court. But first, we're analyzing a controversy that arose over an ongoing COVID-19 vaccine trial in India. On Wednesday, the United Kingdom became the first western nation to approve a vaccine for COVID-19. Its health regulator approved the use of Pfizer's vaccine. On the same day, Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered mass vaccinations using the nation's indigenously developed vaccine Sputnik V. In India, as we've discussed in an earlier episode, a vaccine candidate that's been closely watched is the Oxford AstraZeneca candidate. The link to that episode is provided in the description of today's episode. Over this weekend though there was a controversy over this vaccine candidate an individual participating in the vaccine trials alleged that he had suffered what is termed as an adverse reaction to the vaccine Conan Sheriff who has been covering the government's response to the covid-19 pandemic joins us now to explain what happened in that case why it didn't affect the trials and what the government said on the matter Okay Conan what is an adverse reaction when it comes to vaccine trials and why do they matter So unlike the drug trials clinical trials vaccine trials are conducted on healthy participants so there are three aspects that are tested in a clinical trial involving vaccines first is the immune response whether it is generating any immune response to fight against uh, the infection second is what we call as the reactogenicity which is is it producing any adverse reaction so it's here where you are looking at uh, adverse reaction so you have different kind of adverse reactions the most common is the fever and then you have pain body pain and then we have what is called as severe adverse reactions how we categorize there are multiple forms of severe adverse reactions some are rare they're more technical but the broad definition of severe adverse reactions is that when a person is getting hospitalized during the vaccination and it is due to the vaccination then you call it as a severe adverse reaction and the third aspect that you check in a clinical trial is that fact that whether it is safe so the reactogenicity and safety of the vaccine is interrelated safe in the sense whether it's safe to provide you protection and safe in the sense whether it will uh, not generate uh, any adverse reaction So uh, what has happened with this one patient in Tamil Nadu So this one patient in Tamil Nadu is a participant in the Serum Institute vaccine trial the vaccine is the same vaccine which has been tested uh, by Oxford University and AstraZeneca he is a participant from Chennai he has basically said that he got an adverse reaction after the 10th day after he was being administered with the vaccine so he says that for the first 10 days he didn't have any any sort of adverse reaction however when he woke up on the 11th day he claims that he had severe headache his wife is the one who has actually given the timeline in the legal notice where she claims that there was what what she terms as behavioral change that he was unaware of his surroundings uh, he started uh, showing irritation towards light sound then uh, you know he, he she claims in the legal notice that he was discharged on october 26th and the discharge summary stated that he suffered from what we call in neurological uh, uh, jargon that he suffered from acute encephalopathy so his stay was for 16 days in the hospital by 16 days is because once you're a volunteer and you have shown an adverse reaction then you do a multiple tests to confirm the causal relationship between the adverse reaction and the vaccine so a number of medical tests were done and 
she claims that the investigations they couldn't find what was the exact trigger behind the adverse reaction however in the legal notice the chennai resident has sought a compensation of 5 crore rupees from serum international the man has also made other claims even after a month of adverse reaction neither the regulator which is the drug control of india uh, the independent bodies which is uh, the ethics committee or the sponsors whose serum institute got in touch with him to find out about the adverse effect after the vaccination and hence you know he has sought the 5 crore compensation serum responded to the legal notice by claiming that the complaint was malicious it has threatened to seek 100 crore rupees as damages from the man it was on tuesday that the government finally made its stand clear on the matter when specifically asked you know what is its stand on the legal the counter a uh, legal uh, a notice issued by serum institute because you need to understand that uh, the core sponsor of this trial is also icmr so icmr is one sponsor and the second is serum institute so the government clearly uh, said that uh, icmr has no role in endorsing uh, or not endorsing such legal claims anywhere filed in the country so clearly saying that that that's not its problem when again asked the health secretary spoke up about that it's not the government's job uh, to react on such things that it's a corporate which is uh, filed the 100 crore damages and since the matter is subject is that he would not want to comment on this issue what he was broadly trying to say is that typically a clinical trial takes 8 to 10 years in in some cases 20 years and in case of covid-19 you are trying to do this uh, between 18 to 24 months that is 2 years so in this context there are commercial interests which uh, are dictating serum institutes their strategies that it's a corporate strategy to file a counter suit against uh, this legal notice so the government has nothing to do with it conan says the government listed the five mechanisms it has in place to deal with such complaints the government also said that it won't affect the trials of the vaccine as it stands the initial assessment by the drug controller of india did not necessitate the stoppage of the trials and what he says is that it will not have any effect on the licensing that means that uh, the company is going ahead and it would be submitting its initial phase 3 results uh, for emergency use authorization in the next few weeks which is expected from the serum institute vaccine Conan says that the five mechanisms meant to investigate such cases indicate that such complaints are not taken lightly the first important mechanism is that the patient had to sign on a prior informed consent form basically the informed consent form lists out what could happen when when you're vaccinated what the adverse events all of that so basically the participant had to first read the entire uh, informed consent and on and on the basis of that he or she is allowed to take part in the trials then there's an institutional ethics committee so this committee is independent of the sponsor as well as the government so every clinical trial site has an institutional ethics committee so whenever such an adverse event occurs it's first reported to this committee the committee looks into it examines it and then gives it comment directly to the dgci the drug controller general of india so within 30 days this has to be done third is an other body which is which we call as the data safety monitoring board again you know this is an independent body it has a group of experts and uh, they're all domain knowledge experts since it's an infectious disease and you know so you you have all the experts they also monitor these clinical trials on day to day basis they also recommend if 
you need to hold these trials temporarily fourth is what not lot of us know about is is the rules uh, the clinical trial rules of uh, under the drugs and cosmetics act which which has specifically the form 5 whenever uh, there is an adverse reaction the chief investigator has to fill that form and give his findings indian express had spoken to the chief investigator which he said that he had followed these uh, procedures and he had not found any causal relation the government said that based on these five mechanisms all of which has been submitted to the dgci did not warrant the stoppage of the trials which they're trying to indirectly say that there was no causal relation or linkage at least in the initial assessment between the adverse reaction and the vaccination the trials will therefore continue as india continues to bank on this vaccine candidate The government has said that priority groups like the elderly and health workers are likely to be the first to get it once it's cleared. Conin says that the government was also asked about when India's entire population would get the vaccine. The government said that we have never said that the entire population will be vaccinated. So what it is trying to make is it's trying to put a scientific argument that firstly these doses will come in limited amounts. second is that we don't know the efficacy of any of these vaccine candidates only once they're uh, approved by the regulator will we know the efficacy so based on these issues what it is saying is that its priority will be to first vaccinate a critical mass of the population critical mass of the population here is what we mean as the frontline workers which are the doctors the asha workers all of them and of course people who are elderly the most vulnerable who are above the age of 65 and people who have comorbidities so why because they are the most vulnerable and you will have an additional population who will be vaccinated in the sense you will be vaccinating with the view to break the chain of the transmission of the virus so basically that is the first strategy however all of this will only depend on the efficacy of all of these vaccine candidates second is that you know that a large number of people have also recovered from the infection so it's still a big question mark if most of them these people who have who have tested positive and have recovered will need vaccination so that question also is currently being deliberated by the expert group so in that sense the government's first strategy is to vaccinate the critical mass and ensure that you break the chain of transmission before we get to the next segment i just wanted your quick attention one of the big reasons people say that they like this show is because it helps them understand the news better it provides them with the context they need to see the bigger picture and there's perhaps no other place that does this better than the indian express's explained section we on three things refer to the section regularly and it helps us make this show If you're a regular reader of the newspaper, you know how useful the explain section can be, especially when you're looking for in-depth analysis by the right experts. You can log into indianexpress.com/explained and access their coverage 24/7. Explained by the Indian Express, when news that matters is explained by experts who know the subject. Now, back to the show. It was quite a chance incident that resulted in Indore resident Manoj Soni his wife their two children and his mother going to the famous shirdi temple in maharashtra in 2017 manoj uh, soni and his family which included his wife deepthi their two children and his mother they were on a holiday in august 
Now, it was a 15-day holiday that he had planned and they were uh, visiting a number of pilgrimage spots in Gujarat. So, they had already visited Somnath, Dwarka and Nageshwar, Jyotirling, which are all in Gujarat. And from then on, they were supposed to go to Vaishnav Devi. Now, what happened was, on the day that they were supposed to leave for Vaishnav Devi, which was August 9, 2017, when Manoj Soni checked their tickets, the ticket had a date that was July 9th instead of August 9th. And he realized this error only on that day, the day that they were supposed to leave for Vaishnav Devi. And then he realized that they made a mistake while booking the tickets and now they could not have traveled such a long distance with their two children in an unreserved compartment. So then he had a little chat with Dipti and they were wondering whether they should go back home or they should go elsewhere. And then they decided to take a bus and go to Shirdi instead. So Shirdi was not part of the plan at that time. It was a last minute addition. And uh, they just took a bus from Ahmedabad to Shirdi to visit the famous temple there. And that's how they were in Shirdi. That's Mayura Janwalkar from the Indian Express's Mumbai Bureau, who reported on Sony's unusual case. It's a case that prompted the Bombay High Court to pull up the police and praise Manoj. But it's also a story of an untiring quest and a mysterious disappearance. Now, back to Mayura. 10th of August 2017 is when they went to the temple I mean, the purpose of their visit was uh, going to the temple, which is what they did on 10th of August. And uh, they just visited the temple and there is a prasadale of the temple that is uh, where people collect prasad. And they just did that and they stepped out. Now, right in front of the temple, uh, there was a fair where there were rides for children. So his children insisted that they uh, want to take those rides. And he said that when they went there, there weren't too many kids. And so the person running these rides was also uh, happy that some kids had come. So he let them uh, enjoy the rides for a long time. And which is when Dipti said that while the kids are enjoying these rides, she'll just go to the shops opposite the temple and see if there's anything she'd like to buy. And even Manoj at that time thought that it's wiser to do that without the children or else they'll demand a bunch of things which they might ask them to buy. And so Deepthi went on her own. And she just told Manoj that she's going to the shops. She left. And since that day, she hasn't been seen again. Deepthi Soni didn't return to the ground where her family was. It wasn't an extended shopping trip from which she returned to the hotel they were staying in. Her mobile phone was still in the room they were staying in. So there were no calls or messages from her. No letter, no ransom call, no threat, nothing. Manoj then went to the police, who lodged a missing persons complaint. He also asked people in the area where his wife was believed to have gone missing, but had no luck. Then after some days, he returned home with his children and mother. Manoj told Mayura that a few days later, the police turned up in Indore to inquire if he knew where his wife may have gone. Manoj then began trying to track down his wife on his own. He was told about mysterious kidnapping gangs that operated near Shirdi, but it didn't yield anything. He received a tip-off from a man in Pune that his wife had been spotted at a railway station, but it was a false alarm. Mayura says Manoj even visited Pune's red light area, posing as a customer to avoid suspicion to see if his wife had been trafficked there. He even visited a godman who claimed that Dipti was near Mumbai, but even the supernatural forces got it wrong. This is a quest that is both physically and financially draining. For Manoj, his quest has come at a considerable cost. For Manoj, the cost has obviously been steep. Number one, he has to raise his two children without their mother. They are uh, He has a 10-year-old son, 8-year-old daughter. 
and what it has also cost him is his permanent job because he said i cannot keep my permanent job because i keep traveling sometimes to aurangabad sometimes to shirdi his previous employer also had to let go of manoj because they felt that you know he's going to be irregular at work uh, which he also said was going to happen if he kept you know traveling to different places looking for her so now manoj works independently and he takes driving jobs as in when he can find them sometimes they are for uh, two days sometimes for a week sometimes for 10 days so he said you know that has obviously impacted his monthly income his earnings have fallen but you know he can't give up the search for deepthi and his kids go to a private school so he has fees to pay and things do get a little tight sometimes but he said that he just can't give up the search and when he's away traveling he has to leave them uh, his children with his 85 year old mother so he said he doesn't really have any uh, anyone else to help him and then he can't really expect his 85 year old mother to do much for the kids except for you know probably take care of their meals but if he's away the kids also have sort of uh, learned to be on their own like he said they've matured beyond their years now even they wonder where their mother is they sometimes you know with whatever little they understand of the situation they come up with suggestions uh, about where they can find their mother manoj was upset about how the police had treated his case and he maintains they didn't do enough so he approached the aurangabad bench of the bombay high court in 2018 the year after his wife went missing somewhere in 2019 the court was actually miffed with you know the lack of efforts which is when they directed the ahmednagar sp to form a special team to trace the people and also sought a record of how many people had gone missing from shirdi like dipti had now in 2019 also when the court had first asked for how many people had gone missing uh, the number was 88 which the court thought was significant and it needs to be looked into which is why they asked the sp to form a special team and look at these disappearances from the human trafficking angle and to examine whether or not you know uh, people are falling prey to a human trafficking uh, racket that is what the court wanted the police to investigate but even when the court passed these directions and uh, what they took note of was manoj manoj and how relentless he was in his search for dipti and the court also said that you know people like manoj manoj is a driver and now he doesn't have a full time job because he has spent a lot of time away from home so he's not economically well off and the court also took note of that that you know he lives in indore he comes to the hearings in aurangabad and he travels the distance and people from that economic background won't really go to these lengths to find if some family member if they go missing because it's very um, it's very hard on them and they were probably sometimes not even reported to the police so the court also took note of you know his tenacity manoj's tenacity in finding his wife the case then came up for hearing in october of this year and the police told the court that since 2017 279 people had gone missing in shirdi of the 279 people the police said they had found 212 of them but 67 were still missing one of them is dipti the police couldn't really convince the court that they had done enough to find these people which is when the court was disappointed in uh, the police's inaction and that is when the court asked the uh, director general of police the topmost police officer in maharashtra to step in and to uh, examine this case from a human trafficking angle which the court felt had not been done 
In the next hearing, the police sought another six weeks to carry out the investigation, including following up some leads. Among the things that they said they needed to do was retrieve the call data records of Deepthi's phone. Remember, this is three years after she went missing. And the police had been told of the phone being in Manoj's custody the year she'd gone missing. For Manoj, even as the police labor on, his quest isn't over. But doesn't he entertain the possibility that maybe his wife just ran away? When someone's missing for this long, uh, and I'm sure he's faced it with the police as well, where a lot of people may say, you know, she may, his wife may have effectively just left him and he's just in denial. You've even asked him about that. What did Manoj have to say about that? So, uh, Manoj deals with this question very pragmatically. And he says that he doesn't take offense at the question. And he says that this was also suggested by police officers who were investigating the case, that they had insinuated that she probably had an extramarital affair, which is why she left him. Now, uh, Manoj says that, you know, if so many people feel this can happen, I had to think about it very rationally. And I thought about how this could have been possible. And he said at his end, he has made inquiries with everyone he knew to see whether or not this was a possibility. And from what he has found, he says he doesn't have the slightest doubt that this could have been the case. And the other thing he says is that even if he said that there was uh, there was no trouble between him and Dipti, their marriage was like any other. They were happy. But uh, he said that even if for some reason, if she was upset or unhappy with Manoj, she could not have left their children like that. She, he said that even to leave their children with someone else for an hour would make her anxious. So she couldn't have just disappeared without saying anything or without, you know, uh, without getting in touch, asking about the children for so long. So he said, that he doesn't suspect that that was the case and even if he had the slightest doubt that you know she was involved in a relationship outside the marriage he said he would have given up his search long ago you were listening to the three things by the indian express today's show was written and produced by me arun george and as always was edited and mixed by our producer joshua thomas Before we go, here's another reminder to check out Indian Express's Explained page. You can log on to indianexpress.com forward slash explained and find in-depth analysis by the right experts. It has everything you need to know to understand the news better and see the bigger picture. If you like the show, then do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also recommend the show to someone you think will like it. Share it with a friend or someone in your family. It's the best way for people to get to know about us. You can also tweet us at expressaudio.com and write to us at podcast at indianexpress.com.